Hello and welcome to Pharmacy For Me, your go-to platform for evidence-based best practice pharmacy advice for common kids presentations to pharmacies. I'm Katie McGee, a registered pharmacist with the Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Authority and I bring you this series of episodes to help assist your decision making in managing and treating your little ones if they become unwell and need professional advice. Most insect bites are not harmful or poisonous and are commonly seen from mosquitoes, flies, fleas, spiders, wasps and bees. In Australia, we are lucky um, that it is rare to transmit diseases from insects to people. However, it still does happen, particularly in remote areas. Insect bites generally are harmless and can be treated from home. Usually though, they are very itchy and can be sore to touch, but will self-resolve. The current disease of national significance is Japanese encephalitis. This is a virus transmitted um, so from mozzies given to humans. Although usually if someone has Japanese encephalitis, um, they can present with no symptoms, um, but symptoms usually will begin with a sudden fever, vomiting and headache, and it can lead to a serious infection called encephalitis. So encephalitis is swelling of the brain and symptoms of this include a stiff neck, coma, neurological complications and even death. Within a two-year period, there have only been 13 cases in Victoria with one death and 42 cases in Australia with seven deaths. There are multiple ways you can protect your little ones and yourself from mozzie bites and reduce the risk of disease. Insect repellents are one of the most common and effective products available that can be helpful to protect your young ones from insect bites, including mozzies. However, there are a lot available and it can be quite confusing to which is best and which is safe for use in the kids. I'll go into details about how to avoid mozzies and how to protect yourself from them, including the available insect repellents um, from pharmacies and the evidence behind them um, and their effectiveness. From active ingredients, how to use, strengths to be aware of and what not to use will all be touched on in today's episode. Of course, as always, I'll be finishing off with any symptoms or reasons to seek further medical attention if your child is bitten by a mosquito. Before I get into insect repellents, I just want to touch on insect bites themselves and other ways to protect from insects, especially those mozzies. So insect bites can cause a skin reaction and they're usually allergic type reactions. The size of the reaction is the degree of how allergic that the child is to the insect. This can be a small bump, which is the most common one, um, just a small red raised bump on the skin but it can become a large welt, hives over the body, or even anaphylaxis. Some bites, especially the mozzie bites, can be extremely itchy. Most insect bites, as I said, can just be treated from home and are usually self-resolving. If your child is stung, for example, by a bee, you need to remove the sting by carefully scraping it out. Do not pinch or squeeze it like a pimple but rather scrape sideways so the sting will kind of slide out of the skin. When treating insect bites, it's really important to wash the skin where the bite or sting is 
and use a cool wet face washer or towel to apply to the skin to help with the pain and any swelling. If your child is scratching at it continuously, you can give them um, something like an oral antihistamine. Um, so these are available from your pharmacy and they can help with the allergic reaction type reactions to a bite. So for example, hives um, or um, over the body. So as I said, you can get them from your pharmacy, but make sure you ask your pharmacist for the best one for your child's age and use only as directed take according to the label. There are also creams available from the pharmacy, which can be provided from your pharmacist only. And these can um, include things like a steroid cream, again, for severe reactions to help with inflammation um, of the skin and always consult your pharmacist um, before using this. It's important to also avoid mosquitoes to avoid them biting you. I know, shock. So to, some ways to do this, that mozzies are attracted to darker colours. Um, so wearing light coloured coloured clothing is generally better. Wear clothing that covers the body and the skin um, as much as possible, but for children, especially um, to up to the wrists on their arms and down to the ankles um, of the legs to reduce the risk of being bitten. Um, avoid still and stagnant water. So mozzies like this, and this is where they lay their eggs around the edges. So this is like ponds, dams, um, swimming pools, um, still water on the sides of the roads at the moment um, from all the recent floods. Um, make sure you use netting over your pram when outside and avoid wearing fragranced products that have a strong odour as this will also attract mozzies. Reducing them around the house. So try not to have pools of water um, like large dog bowls of water, um, baby or dog shell pools and cover normal swimming pools with appropriate covers. Um, sweep away any stagnant water into um, that may be sitting in ditches around the house and make sure you change your pet water daily if possible. Do not overwater the garden or grass um, so that it leaves pools of water in the soil. Keep inside lights turned off until all doors and windows are closed or screened, so like um, fly screen doors, um, as mozzies are attracted to light. Um, as I was saying, so use insect screens where possible on doors and windows. Um, so when they're open, um, you can have the door open with the screen still preventing the insects from getting inside. You can also get inside room sprays. Um, they look and work a lot like an automatic refreshener, um, but they have like an insecticide in them. They are not a repellent as such um, and don't provide good protection of a person if they're outside. Um, but in a large common room that has dividing doors to the outside, it can be a good option um, to use indoors at a high area so it doesn't spray on someone um, for any mozzies that happen to get inside the house. So insect repellents are designed exactly as they say to repel insects. Um, by making the area that is sprayed with them unattractive to the insect. They do not kill them as such. They do not work for stinging insects like bees, wasps, ants or spiders. So for today's sake, 
Um, the most common reason for using insect repellents is that I'm going to speak about is to protect mosquitoes or, as I've been saying, mozzies. Children under three months old should not use insect repellent. They should be protected using um, other measures, as I've just talked about. Um, and the main one is including and including keeping them inside and well covered and also their pram always having netting on it. Children older than three months can use insect repellent, but it should be applied sparingly. It's best to spray it on the children's clothes than directly onto the skin, especially under 12 months old to avoid skin irritation. Just like sunscreen, insect repellent needs to be reapplied after swimming, sweating or wiping it off. So there's lots of products available from the supermarket and the pharmacy for insect repellents. Natural insect repellents such as citronella um, and some other ones that I'll go into later may be effective but repellents containing DEET or picaridin are the most effective. These also come in multiple strengths um, and I'll put up a table of these products um, that I picked up in my local pharmacy and the active ingredients in them so that you compare them and what you might have at home and what you might want to use product wise. But I'll talk about each product um, individually now. So the first ingredient is DEET. Um, you can find this in products such as RID Kids, um, RID Low Irritant, RID Ultimate, Aerogard Tropical, RID Tropical, and Bushman's Heavy Duty, just to name a few. So DEET stands for its actual name, it's a long name, but it's the most tested and commonly used insect repellent that's effective against mozzies and flies. In most situations, an insect repellent with up to 10% of DEET will prevent mosquito bites. In higher risk areas, products with 15 to 30% DEET should be used, but these are generally overseas areas and tropical um, in Australia, 10% DEET is fine. Many products now say does not contain DEET as if it's a bad ingredient. Yes, it smells terrible. Yes, it can irritate the eyes. Yes, it will melt plastic, rubber and vinyl. So be careful of your sunglasses, frames and watch bands. However, it does not pose a severe health risk. There's been several studies um, that have looked at the health risks of DEET and the outcome that it has is a minimal health risk, so about 1 in 10 million persons. DEET repellents are considered safe to use in, for children over 3 months old, pregnant and breastfeeding women, and this is by organisations including the American Academy of Pediatrics, the World Health Organisation, the Centre for Disease Control and Prevention, and the Environment Protection Authority all of which are huge authority bodies in the healthcare world, which should give you some confidence around the use of DEET. So a 10% DEET product would be the RID Low Irritant um, and the RID Ultimate at 16%. The next product is Picaridin. Um, so this is a newer insect repellent. 
and therefore it is a bit less known um, compared to DEET. It's odourless and less sticky compared to DEET products. So because of this, it can be preferred over others, especially in children. It also does not have the issue of dissolving plastics like DEET does, and it does not have the potential, um, quote, inverted comments, risk of toxicity that comes with DEET. However, that has not been tested over a long period of time, so we don't really know. It is also considered safe in children over three months, pregnant and breastfeeding women. Um, studies have shown that 20% formulation of pycaridin is as effective as DEET and it evaporates more slowly from the skin, so it may work for longer periods of time. Just like DEET, it is recommended um, due to its efficacy and safety by all those big body corporations like the World Health Organization. So pycaridin 20% um, is the off brand. Tropical Strength has pycaridin 19% in it. Otherwise, the Aerogard Odorless and Aerogard Kids have about 10% of pycaridin in them. The next product is Oil of Lemon Eucalyptus. So this is from lemon eucalyptus trees. It is extracted from the leaves, which produces a molecule called PMD. And this is what acts as the insect repellent. Studies have been inconsistent and limited. It has been studied and shown at a 30% formulation, it was as good as DEET 5 to 10%. It does not last as long though, um, so it needs to be reapplied more frequently. It's really important not to confuse this with eucalyptus oil. It is oil of lemon eucalyptus. They sound very, very similar. So make sure oil of lemon eucalyptus. Eucalyptus oil is not approved as an insect repellent. Lemon Oil of lemon eucalyptus or the PMD is not approved for use in children as an insect repellent because it has not been studied or tested. The Food and Drug Administration and the CDC advise against use in under three years old. So the product off the shelf that I found with lemon oil of lemon eucalyptus was Bug Off and Bushman Naturals. So do not use under three years old those two products. Another ingredient is, it's a really, long, really, really long name. Um, it's known as Insect Repellent 3535. Um, very, very similar to DEET. It is not as available as DEET, um, but it is included on the approved list of insect repellents. It's very, very um, not common. Um, the product it comes in is Avon Bug Guard at a 30% formulation, and it's, yeah, pretty much everything I said for DEET applies to it, um, and just know that it is an approved insect repellent. Um, so children over three months old can use this one. All right, so we're finally on to the good stuff. So I'll talk about other methods of insect repellents available now, um, but these ones are very common, but have limited effect or no effect, um, so should not be relied upon for protection. So 
When you're looking at the shelf of all the different insect repellents, don't be fooled by natural insect repellents that quote unquote smell amazing and say that they aren't full of chemicals. Although they are deep free and some may be natural, does not mean that they are free of chemicals. Natural does not mean chemical free. Most contain specific or other chemicals, not the commonly talked about DEET. So they usually contain higher concentrations of allergens than other products and this usually leads to increase in skin irritations. If they do have any effectiveness, there is no proven good studies that they do not have the duration of action that DEET does. Most importantly, I think, as a pharmacist, natural insect repellents are not um, EPA registered. So the first one is citronella. So it is a plant-based repellent that does not have the spectrum of activity that DEET has, as DEET is our gold standard. Citronella has limited duration of action, so it needs very frequent um, reapplying. It has no data to support it as an appropriate and effective insect repellent. Oils such as cinnamon, peppermint, sandalwood, soybean, malaleuca oil, very common in um, some roll-on um, formulations on the shelves. So studies have shown they're far less effective than um, our three main ones, DEET, um, Pycaridin and oil of lemon eucalyptus and vitamins and herbals. So there's no studies, again, shown that they are to be effective at all against insect bites. The next thing is sticky on patches and wristbands. So these are a very popular item, especially for children, um, to just stick a patch on them or um, pop a wristband on their wrist or around their ankle. Um, they're really easy to wear and they don't require um, application and reapplication of an insect repellent. Very commonly, these contain citronella, um, but they have been shown to not provide adequate um, protection um, regardless of what is in them, but there have been no big major studies. There's also available electronic devices. So... Um, you can get these for lots of different things. I've seen them for snakes as well. So they basically emit a really high-pitched sound that can't be heard by the human ear um, to try and ward off insects. So there was a review done of 10 studies and it found that there was no evidence that this high-pitched sound repelled mozzies at all. Um, so I would recommend that there is no evidence against them at all. Um, there are also insect zappers. So they're um, available to draw insects to a light and then it zaps them dead. They These don't repel insects. If anything, they're just going to draw them to the light in that area um, and they actually only zap them on direct con um, contact. So they don't provide good protection to a single person. So you still would need, if you had something like this, there's still going to be insects around and need to provide protection to the child. The last thing is you can use insect repellent treated clothing. 
Um, so you can treat clothing or you can buy treated clothing um, to protect you from insects. Um, it's not treated with a repellent as such, but actually a poison that's poisonous to insects um, called permethrin. So it's effective against mozzies and flies and is considered safe in children. So although it is toxic to insects, to humans, toxicity is very, very low and it has been considered safe in children. Um, it should be applied to clothing and bedding and not directly to the skin. Um, it should be sprayed on both sides of material for 30 to 45 seconds, depending on the product, always read the label, and allow it to dry completely before wearing it, um, depending on the product, but it, these can sometimes last about two weeks, even if the material's washed. Um, permethrin is safe for children um, and pregnancy with recommended recommendations by both the CDC and the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists. Um, permethrin treated clothing in combination with DEET for the exposed skin may provide um, like a gold standard best protection as insect repellent. So I'll pop a table up with the different insect repellents, um, the ingredients, the brand strengths and things like that. Um, and from when they're safe for, so you can have a look at that as well as, as a bit of a guide. Lastly, in terms of um, insect repellents is the application. Um, so it's really important to apply it correctly and safely. There's different formulations available. Um, so there is roll-on, um, which is probably preferable um, over a spray in children so it doesn't go in their eyes or mouth. Um, you can use a spray if you're applying it to the clothes prior to dressing. Um, do not apply it to the skin and then put clothes on um, because it can increase absorption into the skin. So only on skin that um, is not covered by clothing and apply sparingly to that exposed skin. So don't have it dripping off the skin. Um, do not use on cuts, wounds, or if there's any irritation of the skin. Um, and for kids also, especially younger children, um, not applying to their hands or fingers because they often will put these in their mouth or um, rub their eyes and it's going to cause irritation. Um, store them out of reach of children, best in a locked cupboard up out of reach. And... Any areas treated with repellent should be washed with soap and water once it's no longer needed. So make sure it's washed off um, well and avoid spraying um, repellent indoors. Make sure you do it outside in an open area, not around food. If you don't have roll-on and you only have a spray at home, um, another good way for application is to spray um, the insect repellent on your hand as an adult and rub it um, and dab it on the child's face or areas instead of spraying directly onto to them. If you are outside and you need to apply sunscreen and an insect repellent, please use separate products. Do not use combination products that have sunscreen and insect repellent in them because the frequency of reapplication is different. You need to 
apply and reapply sunscreen more often than you do insect repellent. So you're just exposing your child to more unnecessary insect repellent. You should apply sunscreen first, let it dry completely, and then apply the insect repellent on top. Earlier I talked about the uncommon low risk of toxicity from DEET, and this is increased by too frequent application and by applying before sunscreen, as the sunscreen basically locks it into the skin and increases its um, absorption. Always apply both products or any products according to label instructions. One of the really common brands that has um, DEET and sunscreen in it is one of the Bushmans. Again, these are big brands that have multiple different products on the shelf and you may think that you're using one so you can use the other, but they actually have different strengths, different ingredients, and so it's really important to read the ingredients and strengths and know what you're putting on your child. Make sure you seek medical attention if your child has any signs of anaphylaxis, call the ambulance immediately. Signs of anaphylaxis can include a widespread rash or severe itching, wheezing or coughing or choking, swelling of the mouth, lips or tongue, difficulty breathing or becoming pale and floppy. Seek medical attention if the bite becomes infected, so if it's warm, red and painful or if it's scratched so much by the child that it starts oozing. If the pain does not settle within a few hours or if the swelling or itch gets worse after one to two days. If you're traveling overseas, talk to your GP about the need for any vaccinations or medication that may be required for visiting those areas to protect you from insect bite diseases. Visit the Vic Health website to find the criteria for eligibility for the Japanese encephalitis vaccination. Um, it is available in Australia, so talk to your GP if you think you or your children meet the criteria. Um, it's available and includes children as well as adults. So with all these mozzies around, hopefully now you can use this information I've given you to protect your little ones. Remember, children under three months should be protected by netting and clothing to cover exposed skin. Those over three months can use products containing DEET, 10% or um, Parkeridin, 20% as a first choice, ensuring it is applied to clothing prior to wearing and exposed skin. Avoid the eyes and mouth and always read the label and use only as directed. Use uh, reduce mozzies around the house by minimising pools of water, including changing pet water bowls daily. If you're travelling or meet criteria for Japanese encephalitis vaccine, speak to your GP about your eligibility. If your child is bitten by an insect and has any signs of anaphylaxis, call 000 immediately. The information discussed today is accurate only up until the date of publication. Remember that information discussed today is sourced appropriately, researched, and you can find references in the notes and on Instagram. So make sure you follow me on Pharmacy for Me. There'll be no episode next week with the fest festive season in full swing. Stay tuned on social media on Pharmacy for Me on Instagram for when episode 10, 10 episodes, will be available, which will be in the new year. The next episode will be the first one of 2023 and will be on kids cough and cold. 
I'll also be putting up some question boxes and um, quizzes, probably more question boxes, for what you might like to see from me and Pharmacy for Me going forward. My original plan was to only do 10 kids topics um, and go from there. So I'll be looking for feedback to shape what I might bring you next year or next or what you might like to see more of. So please participate in these for me. Um, I do these to try and give you guys who listen um, what you actually want to hear. So, and this is the whole reason that I started this podcast. So I look forward to hearing what you might want to hear more of from me. So that's all for this week. Thank you for listening. This podcast is where pharmacy is done differently. I'm Katie McGee, and you've just listened to another episode of Pharmacy for Me. The advice shared via Pharmacy for Me is considered general in nature and does not consider individual and personal circumstances. Pharmacy for Me presents evidence-based information for education purposes only. Always seek professional advice from your pharmacist or doctor if you have any concerns about an individual and medical decision making. Pharmacy for Me is presented by Katie McGee, a registered pharmacist with the Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Authority. The information provided is within the presenter's scope of practice and abides by national law and the Pharmacy Board of Australia's Pharmacist Code of Conduct.